1: And welcome to First Bite, the preview podcast for Pride of Detroit. Pride of Detroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. It's what we do. Pride of Detroit for First Bite from the PODcast family of podcasts about the Detroit Lions. This is our kind of midweek, late week preview podcast, First Bite. Uh, I know this is a this is a holiday week. Everyone's kind of traveling here, but hopefully have this out for you because the lions on Sunday, will be playing the Minnesota Vikings. Second time in the season is a chance to put the screws to a division rival. Maybe salvage a little bit of pride. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, To ask more, what do you, what I mean, maybe you want to see Stafford and bubble wrap. Maybe you just want to see your team beat divisional rival. Maybe there's some other angles to this, but to kind of uncover all that and talk about more about this game, you've got me, the adequate host, at Fed That's my name, CRISPRFET. I send my Twitter handle first, fed Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy Reisman is here, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. How you doing, Jeremy?
2: I'm good. Apparently, my brand isn't important enough to come before my name, but I'll take it.
1: No, yours is important enough for me not to screw up the intro. <laughs> um, Appreciate that. Yeah. And joining us from the Daily Norseman, our SB Nation, Viking, Minnesota Vikings cohort is Eric Thompson. Welcome back, Eric. I think we've
3: had you before. Yes. Thanks for having me get back.
1: Yeah. And um, Jeremy, I'll start with you here, because as I said, there's probably with two games left, there's I, I mean, and the Lions, well out of contention now. I think there's there's definitely a muted sense about this game, but there's definitely things to look for in this game or, you know, what, what mileage you might get out of this game can vary. But I think one of the interesting saga elements to talk about here has been offensive, former Vikings offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo, who was fired, I believe two weeks ago, following the loss to the Seattle Seahawks and he was a hot name. And I think you want to talk about him because I think some Lions fans are definitely interested in that name.
2: Yeah, I think I think the interest here is twofold. Obviously, we want to know exactly what's changed, um, what went wrong with DiFilippo um, in Minnesota. And then, yeah, there's that Lions side of the things where a lot of people think that the Lions are going to be looking for an offensive coordinator in 2019. It makes a lot of sense that they would be. And John DiFilippo was a hot name for a head coaching candidacy with, with kind of a failed season here in Minnesota, maybe those expectations have been tempered. Maybe he's a, uh, you know, a a candidate for an offensive, another offensive coordinator job. So this is why we have Eric here. He's going to tell us everything about John Filippo and and maybe a little bit about the Vikings too. But let me just start off with asking you simply, what's your, has your perception of John Filippo changed since he's been with the Vikings and and what exactly went wrong in Minnesota?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of Vikings fans were really quick to kind of heap a little too much blame on DiFilippo, uh, just with the offensive struggles that the Vikings have had throughout the season, not consistently throughout the season, they've had some pretty good offensive games, but especially those last two, the losses to the Patriots and the Seahawks were kind of the last straw for his career, at least in Minnesota. I think, uh, Overall, it, it just it seemed like Mike Zimmer and Filippo never really got on the same page of philosophically what they wanted to do on the Vikings offense. And as far as what wrong, what went wrong, I think the, the Vikings had a they had a glaring weakness I think even before the season started and that was their offensive line and it really has reared its head uh pretty often I think Kirk Cousins is still even after the a good week against Miami I think uh, according to pro football focus is still the most pressured quarterback in the NFL and a lot of times it's been kind of the game script where the Vikings have fallen behind and kind of had to abandon the run and there's been a lot of times where Filippo just didn't run as much and they, the kind of runs he was calling were just kind of right into the teeth of a lot of really good defensive tackles that the Vikings have been playing too. So it isn't really one thing that I think you can really pin on Filippo. And again, Cousins hasn't had the greatest season. He's been really up and down. I mean, I've had so many uh, Washington fans uh, in my mentions on Twitter saying, see, this is what you get. This is, you know, he'll put up the numbers, but he'll, he'll still lose you these games. So, But I, I think Cousins has been good enough overall in especially now with Kevin Stefanski. I think the main thing that he did this week, uh, this past week against the Dolphins, was just doing a lot of simplification, using a little more play play action, which Cousins has been really good this year and historically throughout his career. So I I don't think it's really fair to blame Filippo for all the failings of the Vikings offense in 2018 and again they're still in playoff contention when he, actually when he was fired they were still a sixth seed but I do understand the move the the Vikings really needed to make a change and so far their one for one was Stefanski it was kind of ideal conditions and he got out to a great start and everything and it's just again I think it really comes down to what DeFilippo thought he could do with this offense maybe it was the personnel maybe it was just his unwillingness to to change and whatever Mike Zimmer wanted to do with this offense definitely wasn't on the same page. So, um, I could definitely see him picking up. You know, this was his first go as a, or it wasn't his first go as an offense coordinator, but it was his first go for in a couple of years. And again, having offensive coordinator experience with the Browns, I don't even know if that really counts. So, <laughs> he, he, I feel like he hasn't had a really full shake yet. So, I, I would definitely see him getting another job. But, I, I I think another thing that you heard a lot of times with DeFilippo, especially after he left, was that he kind of always viewed this Vikings position as kind of a stepping stone because he had won the Super Bowl as a quarterback's coach with the Eagles. Now he got the offense coordinator gig. he's I think he's had his eye on maybe being a head coach down the road. Maybe he was a little too focused on that. So, again, there's there isn't one uh, thing you can really pinpoint, but uh, I think a lot of Vikings fans were glad that they moved on.
2: There's kind of a, a lot to unpack there that I that I want to follow up with. And first is what you mentioned, um, maybe the biggest difference in between last year and this year's team. That's the offensive line play. Um, if you were to ask me or any Lions fans, I think they were surprised by how good the offensive line was in 2017, and I think that was probably a lot of reason why the Vikings were so good offensively. Um, is is it more of a, a, a credit to Pat Shermer and how he? had the unit playing last year or or more of a detriment to to Pat Shirm or am um, to to De Filippo because i felt like the the offensive line play in 2016 wasn't that good either and the personnel's changed a little bit here and there but to me it was just it seemed like they were overperforming last year and and maybe this is
3: more of a regression to the mean is that how you see it as well yeah i think overall i mean it, mm-hmm. when You don't expect a team to go 13 and three every year, even when on paper, I think the Vikings are probably a more talented unit top to bottom than they were last season, especially when you're adding cousins over Keenum. It just hasn't worked out for, you know, I think there was a lot of new pieces, important new pieces when you have a new offensive coordinator coaching a new quarterback and the offensive line, which was a weakness last year. I think Keenum uh, was able to scramble around and kind of mask some of those, uh, deficiencies and when you throw in there's been a couple injuries again left guard uh nick easton isn't an all pro by any means but he was slated to be the starter and they've had and they had to reshuffle there so it's not uh it's not one thing you can pinpoint again with with the Falling back again, they also have a, a first place schedule. They're playing tougher teams. They had in a lot of tough road games when you're playing at New England and at Seattle back-to-back weeks, which uh, en- ended up uh, ending DeFilippo's career, that's, that's a lot tougher schedule than what they faced. And again, I think a lot of it, a lot of people don't want to admit this, but NFL with when the games are this close, a lot of it comes down to luck. Yeah. And uh, up until the NFC championship game, I don't I don't think there was any team that was luckier than the Vikings last year. So just to kind of, uh, it really just snowballed a little bit this year. Good thing is the Vikings can still salvage the season. And if last week shows uh, what they might be capable of, maybe they're even capable of doing some damage in the postseason.
2: All right, one more thing. I'm, we're going to get back to that game last week because uh, I think it's an important one to kind of dissect mm-hmm. as much as we can since it's our only uh, data point uh, for a uh, post-Defilippo Vikings team. But you, you mentioned the, the change in philosophy between – or the clash of, of philosophy between Zimmer and Filippo. And um, Zimmer talked to the Lions media this week. I was there, and he, he said one of the big things that he didn't like – was that they were throwing the ball? I think he said sixty six percent of the time, and that was something that it, that didn't. I, I would assume it was coming from DeFilippo's side. You know, he's he's obviously got the quarterback background, so he likes the passing game. Vikings kind of been, have notoriously run their offense through the running game, basically since you know Adrian Peterson was in town. Is, is that mm-hmm. where you saw most of the the disagreement there um, in terms of uh, philosophy changes?
3: Yeah, I think that was, I mean, that's the, the simplest thing to go to look at. Cause again, yeah, Zimmer is kind of that old school smash mouth guy. And of course he's a defensive guy, so I don't think he was as worried about the exact ratio, but the Vikings at, at the time that DeFilippo was fired uh, were the most pass heavy as far as percentage wise of plays uh, team in the NFL. And that's just not a lot of some, some of the time that was uh game script when the Vikings are trailing and kind of chasing the game, but right. there are other times too. I mean, against the Patriots, it was, it was 10 to 10 late in the third quarter and Dalvin cook, you know, I think he ended the game with nine or 10 carries and he was going at a really good clip too. So it, it I think it was, that's the, the core of their uh, philosophical difference. I'm sure there were a lot more details to it of just kind of um, it seemed like Zimmer was De Filippo was kind of getting uh, complicated just to, to be you know to be considered a great offensive mind he was he it was getting overly complicated and wasn't getting a lot of benefits out of it and I think that's what you saw with stefanski it was a lot simpler play calling a lot of bigger sets um a lot of the same kind of routes uh maybe just out of different looks that the the wide receivers are running so it was uh it's it's been interesting to see and again uh going against the the dolphins defense that it's not like they're the 85 bears or anything. So it'll, it'll, it's a small sample size, but so far, so good with the, with the new regime.
2: Yeah, and I was going to get to that, and let's just talk about it now. Uh, with that Dolphins defense, you know, currently ranked thirty first in rushing yards allowed per game, how how much confidence do you have that the Vikings have turned their offense around? Um, and and maybe that's not even the right term for it, because as you mentioned, there there were a couple good games that the Vikings kind of had sporadically throughout the season. Um, where where's your confidence level in the offense going into these last two crucial games for the Vikings?
3: Well it's it's definitely a lot higher than it was the the week before, I can tell you that. I mean when you're getting seventeen total points uh and a lot of the, the the that touchdown in Seattle was kind of pretty much garbage time by the time they'd actually scored. Right. Um yeah, it's it it's a lot better and it's kind of like the the a lot of Vikings fans are like where the heck was that all season? Because right. it's not like this Vikings offense is without talent. I mean, they have Dalvin Cook back now at full strength. Uh he had missed a handful of games. And for my money, I'm probably a little biased here, but I think the one the best one-two punch of wide receivers is in the NFL and Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. And you have a pretty solid pass catching tight end with Kyle Rudolph. Uh you have a really good run blocking tight end that just came back last week and David Morgan, which I think also helped the run. So there's plenty of pieces in place there. And it was just kind of it just had never really clicked. The Vikings could not seem to be able to play a full 60 minute game. Now last week against the the dolphins, the two touchdowns that Miami did score were just very, you know, they're very big mistakes, one by the defense and one by the offense. So again, they didn't play a perfect game by any means, but it definitely was a step in the right direction. So, um, the confidence has been a roller coaster. I know you guys do the, um, that fan poll survey. And if you look at the, the, the Vikings, uh, graph throughout the season. It's basically, you know, you can just, okay, this is these are the games we lost. It goes way down to about twenty percent. These are games I won. All right, now it's back up to 70. So it's been uh, a roller coaster of a season, but hopefully uh they're they're maybe peaking at the right time.
2: All right. Uh one more question on, on D Filippo before we move on to the matchup at hand. Um I I guess it I, I just have kind of a simple question for you. And do you think his NFL career as a coordinator is done at this point?
3: No, I don't think so. I think he showed enough. I think this was a very good learning experience for him just Mm -hmm. to see kind of, okay, this is, what the modern nfls look like and i just i kind of got the feeling that he wanted to be the next sean McVay and he wanted to be the next right. uh Nate, matt nagy too. he wanted to be that next brilliant mind and maybe he was just kind of getting in his own way by being a little over too over complicated so maybe if he can learn from that again he's a younger guy i think um he, he had a pretty good rapport with a lot of the players on offense it just didn't happen to work out here so i think he'll definitely get another shot i don't know if it'll be a coordinator position right away or if it'll have to be a position coach uh, again but i'm i'm sure it, and especially with the nfl we've we've seen much worse coaches get uh, much higher positions so i I'd, I'd expect him back sooner rather than later yeah, it was just,
2: it does seem like a weird fit with Zimmer though. Like, like you said, it's kind of a new school guy who's trying to at least be a new school guy fit yep. with Zimmer. That was, I, I didn't think about it in the moment, but looking back on it, definitely kind of an odd pairing.
3: Well, new school. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I know. Oh, sorry.
3: No, I was just going to say it was definitely one of those where it, it seemed he was the, the hot name on paper because the the Eagles had just won the Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe Zimmer was kind of talked into that because I know Stefanski, who is the offensive coordinator now, was definitely a candidate when Shermer left. So, um, it, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. In, in hindsight, you can definitely see, OK, yeah, these two these two guys couldn't be on the different more different pages. But uh, at the time, everyone was pretty excited when he was hired
1: we need to wrap it up and go on to matchups here. But before we do that, I want to tie this back to the So I will give this quick to Jeremy because I heard the words new school guy in there. And immediately my alarm bells went off to say, this is not someone that is probably going to take over for Jim Bob Cooter for this lions coaching staff. Given that this lions coaching staff seems to not want to go new school. It wants to go, uh, Patriot style ground pound dump off to the tight end. So where where do you feel on this Jeremy cuz Lions fans have been looking for anyone to take over for Jim Bob Cooter at this point.
2: Yeah, I I think you nailed it, honestly. I don't think it's necessarily a good personality fit unless we see a a major difference, a major change from from Matt Patricia. Obviously, we're talking about a first-time head coach. He's kind of still developing his own style and getting his own feet wet, but based on everything that we've seen so far, he's only been hiring in circles that he knows, and DiFilippo is not a guy that he knows personally, and he's not a guy that really fits that kind of transition that we've seen the Lions try to make this season, which is, yeah, to more run heavy based uh, offense, which, you know, you could argue made the offense a lot worse this year. It it did make them more balanced and their running game is is obviously a little bit better. But DiFilippo Filippo doesn't seem like necessarily a guy that would fit the Matt Patricia mold at all. If we know what Matt Patricia's mold is so far.
1: It is still a name to keep an eye on, because, again, I'm sure he will be a hot commodity. These kind of guys always get second chances around here in the NFL, to be sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> Scott Linehan still got a job somewhere, although some people would say he, he doesn't want he he shouldn't have it. So we'll see. Anyway, let's take a quick break here. When we come back on First Bite, we'll talk a little bit more of the matchup of Vikings and Lions, and the question that's on my lips right now: Should Stafford probably just sit? Just sit this one out? I don't know. We'll be right back. First Bite continuing along here pride of detroit.com pride of detroit on twitter pride of detroit on facebook Giving you those again here First Bite preview podcast we've talked a lot of former Vikings offensive coordinator John D'Filippo and his replacement there in the last segment now i think as we continue here with Eric Thompson from Daily Norseman, we're going to move on a little bit more into the matchup at hand and i give this out to you Jeremy i give this to you real quick I know it's not going to happen, but it's the question of, and I saw you doing it on Twitter. Should the lions just like, just put Stafford on the bench just to save him the pain right now.
2: Normally I am definitely one of those guys that says play to the bitter end. I don't care if your team's out of it. I don't care if you can get a top five draft pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm an
1: entertainment guy.
2: Be yeah. entertaining players. And, and Stafford said in the locker room today, like, you don't get these opportunities as, as a quarterback to play many games, you get 16 a year. And so he wants to be out there and, you know, he's also got his streak uh, a consecutive playing streak that that's important to him, but with the back injury, with this Vikings defensive front as they are and the, and the Lions offensive front beat up, I don't personally want to see him out there. It's not like this offense has been pleasant to watch over the past couple of weeks. Anyways, if I have to watch Jake Rudock it's not going to be that much of a drop off in entertainment for me. So, so I, I i would I would like them to bench Stafford, but as you said, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of Lions fans are giving many licks to the, to the lions on this. It's not, especially after the first run through, which again, how many sacks you want to say that one more time, Jeremy, I don't, but you're making me. And it's 10. It's 10. I, I want you to be the bad guy here. I want you to be the bearer of bad news. That's, that's all I want. That's all I ever want uh Eric let's talk to you about the vikings because i mean this team as far as i know like they're still hunting for the playoffs right now it's it's looking grim but they're still at least in the wild card hunt so um I mean, what, what's what's the Vikings outlook going into this game? I mean, obviously, I think you hear us. We're down on the Lions, but where is stock right now on the Vikings, especially given like that they've just got rid of DiFilippo and it's been like one good game. And admittedly, that was against the Miami Dolphins. But I, I'm just where, where's attitude right now for the Vikings?
3: Well, if you would have asked everyone a week ago, it would have been much, much lower. Uh, I think that the Dolphins game was uh, a, the boost that the Vikings need needed. And it really showed the potential that this team probably had all season, just with the, the talent they have on defense still, that's still an, um, that, uh, from top to bottom, they have some amazing players on that side of the ball. And with the talent they do have on the offense, especially the skill positions, it seemed like, okay, this is what the Vikings could maybe be. And if they can keep playing like this the last couple of weeks, and maybe in the post season, they can and do a little damage. And I think, um, if if you'd ask most vikings fans i i mean this week if if they lose this week then if, you know everything's done then they, they they, no one will care the the sky will be falling if they do take care of business and beat uh a pretty beat up uh lions team in detroit this week i think confidence will be pretty high but that that week 17 game is looming rather large the the season finale at home against the bears it looks like the bears will probably have something to play for by then i would, you know a lot of vikings fans were hoping i, I predicted before the packers game that would be at this exact position the vikings would be eight six and one going to play a bears team that already had the third seed locked up but thanks to the rams uh losing a lot the bears could maybe even be playing for a first round by that last week so uh, it's it's cautious optimism i think that's as, as high as uh you can get i don't think it's the vikings fans you know if the vikings uh, lay an egg here it wouldn't be the biggest shock and i think uh if the vikings blow out the Lions, it wouldn't be the biggest shock either that's kind of everything is, i think we've seen with the vikings uh in general as a franchise i guess but also especially this season uh nothing is really off the table it uh always expect the unexpected and they usually zig when you think they're gonna zag so um again it, i think the vikings are fans are confident about this specific game and then we'll see how the playoff picture kind of plays out going into week 17. But again, there, it's yeah, it's, it's not, uh, it's not like, Hey, we're going to, we're, we're guaranteeing win here either.
1: I, I just want to say too, it's going to be hilarious if that tie is the thing that kind of puts it over. Cause I know I've just listened to crit to Tony Romo complained that he doesn't know how to, how to calculate a tie. And right <laughs> now that tie is what's keeping the Vikings ahead of the right. Eagles and, and Washington right now. So, uh, Jeremy, what's what's kind of the matchup you're looking for in this, or the, what, what's the, what's the one big takeaway you want to see in this game right now?
2: Well, it, it's it's the Vikings run offense against Lions run defense because there's a lot of moving factors here, and and one is one big one that we've already talked about is John Di Filippo leaving, and and the the Vikings run offense going for two twenty and five point five a carry against the Dolphins last week, but the Lions Lions run defense has been one of the best in in the entire league over the past five or six weeks, but Damon Snacks Harrison has missed the first two practices this week, Mm -hmm. and obviously that's been a huge huge boon to this Lions run defense, and so I I don't know what to expect out of this matchup because if you look at the Vikings full season, they've actually been one of the worst running teams in the league. Not not just bad. They've been one of the worst. 29th in DVOA, um, plenty of games where they're averaging well under four yards a carry. Um, and and before this game, they had four straight games where they didn't hit 100 yards rushing. So I'm, I'm very curious as to what this matchup is, is going to play out with um, especially if it looks like snacks doesn't play because while snacks has been a a big part of it, there are some of these games that the Lions' defense has played that well, where he's only playing about 50% of the snaps. And so a lot of the credit also goes to a Robinson, who I think is playing the best he's ever played at the NFL level. Um, Even Ricky Jean Francois was playing a little bit better. Um, but the Lions are also obviously missing Deshaun Hand, who's out for the rest of the year, and so I I just don't know what to make of this matchup because I do think it's a very key one too. Because as, as Zimmer said, like they're they're trying to be more focused on the run game now, and so this is the key to stopping the Vikings' offense. And I just don't know what to expect out of this matchup. Eric, do you? Where where do you see? Are you just as confused as I am?
3: Yeah, I, I wrote an article today on daily Norseman that I really thought that snacks is, I mean that he could make the complete difference uh, in, it- his the value to hit the Detroit's run defense I'm just I mean because when I think the first matchup was the, I think Snack's second game against, right, yeah. uh, with the Lions and um, before then they were 30th in def- in rushing DVOA according to Football Outsiders and they're already out the way all the way up to 17th in rushing DVOA so just him mm-hmm. just adding him alone and you've already mentioned you've lost to Sean Hand and I believe uh, Ezekiel Ansah's out for the season now too right yes sir yeah. So, I mean, if you're missing all of those three, I think that's a, that's a lot easier path. And even if, if Snacks is in there, um, the Vikings have had a lot more success on kind of those outside zone runs, especially with Dalvin Cook, just because some of the, his bigger gains this season, they haven't been because of necessarily great blocking. It's just getting one guy. Locked out of the way, and then Cook can kind of do the rest, whether it's jumping outside or that absolutely ridiculous spin move he had that led to the touchdown at the end of the game against the Dolphins. He's a really good player, especially in open space. But if, you know, if the Vikings run in, I think, um, I went back through the film of the first matchup and snacks had six tackles that were uh, stopped or run for three yards or less and a couple of them were tackles for loss too. So yeah, again, I agree with you. His, his value can't be understated. And if he can't go, I feel a lot more confident about the Vikings run game, but if he does uh, that, I mean that he can almost single-handedly eliminate what you want to do, especially running in between the tackles. Mm
2: All right, let's move on to the, the Vikings defense as much as I don't want to talk about it. I feel like it's my journalistic duty to do so. Um, Eric, is there any way the Lions offense can get anything going this week? Please say yes, even if you just want to lie to me for like two
3: seconds. Well, yes, there is. There's one way that it seems to work, even the last few weeks for the Lions. It's uh, throw it up to Kenny Gall- Galladay and hope he comes down with it. That seems to be working pretty well. That's their main source of moving the ball lately, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but pretty much yeah, the it's, last it's, thing you do. Yeah, ex- <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was watching film of that Bills game, and again, I, that's one of those, if a couple of bounces the right way. I think the Lions could definitely easily w- won that game, and the Bills have a pretty good defense too, but yeah. It, with the Kirion Johnson out, they're still you know, Detroit. You guys have uh, three solid running backs, but I, I wrote my preview. I, I don't think the sum of those parts equals the hole that was left by Johnson. I think Johnson's going to be a special player. And again, with uh, having Marvin Jones out this time as well, you still have two more Joneses, which I still, I love that, that the <laughs> that Lions have three wide receivers named Jones. Um, but yeah, I really, I mean, outside of Galladay, I would, Uh, I'd be kind of surprised if someone really, uh, you know, of course you have, um, LeGarrette Blount and Zach Center can definitely get some yards. They're tough to take down, but the Vikings have been one of the better tackling teams in the league and theoretic can always get you some uh, yardage out of the backfield with some mismatches. But, yeah, I guess the Galladay is really going to be the, the one key player that I'm, I'm worried about in the, on Detroit side of the ball because, uh, the Viking secondary has been great all year. They're, they seem to be getting a lot healthier. Trey Wangs has been banged up, but he kind of has that straight line speed that can keep Galladay in check. And he didn't have that huge of a game the first time around either. But, and uh, so, and the only two players that the Vikings have been missing at practice so far this week have been Eric Kendricks and Linval Joseph, who if, Either of them miss the game that that could make a big difference, especially in the run game and the short passing game that the Lions will probably have to employ a little more, unless they want Stafford to get killed that back there uh, with the, the Vikings' pass rush. But it's going it's it'll be an interesting matchup. And it, it again, outside of Galladay, it's a matchup that you'd you'd have to say definitely favors the Vikings.
1: All right, we might as well do things we think we know. Uh, I think we know things we think we know on this one, Jeremy, but trying to avoid the obvious one here. What do you think you think you know about this game?
2: I think I think I know that sadly the Lions are not going to score a touchdown in this game. I told you not to do the obvious one. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it's still semi bold the Lions typically score touchdowns uh, touchdown in games singular. <laughs> yes. Um the the one thing that might work in their favor outside of Kenny Gallaty is the Vikings run defense, and as as Eric mentioned, there are a couple run defenders that, that might miss this game. Um, they have given up over 150 yards rushing in three straight games now, um, which is kind of out of character for them. So maybe there's some sort of uh, exploitation there for, for the lines to take advantage of, but I just don't see it. I, Zach Zenner has been running well over the past two weeks it's not going to continue forever. I'm sorry. He's not going to be the number two running back in Detroit next year. I know everyone wants him to be. He's not. Um, And and just the passing game. I don't see how it succeeds this week. They get, they'll probably get Bruce Ellington back this week, but he isn't golden Tate and you can only throw it up to Kenny Gallaty so many times before the Vikings just bracket cover him and, and essentially make him a non-factor like um, the Cardinals did the week before. So I don't see how the offense gets going at all. Um, It's going to be another sad day watching Matthew Stafford be a shell of himself. Hopefully, he won't be on his back as much last time, but it's it's not going to be a good state of affairs in Ford Field, and we're probably going to hear a lot of blue boos.
1: All right, and then I go over to Eric. Eric, what do you think? You think you know about this game?
3: Well, I think I think I know that the no touchdowns by the Lions uh, prediction was bold because you know the, the Vikings offense can give up a lot of touchdowns too. So. <laughs> I mean, they think they've given up five, at least five this year's seasons. But I I think is it's. But speaking of those turnovers, I think yeah, as long as the Vikings don't lose the turnover battle by, well, they think they lost by one the last time around. But that the the Vikings you know, when you have. have more sacks and points allowed that's usually going to be in your favor as long as they don't have any of those just catastrophe kind of mistakes that they have been prone to throughout the season uh, I think the Vikings take care of business just with uh, all how beat up the the Lions are they're kind of just playing out the string and this won't be a trap game because the Vikings know that they aren't good enough just to kind of Show up and win. They've they've had it. They've had it in that Buffalo game in Week Three. I think if that that wasn't a wake up call, nothing will be. So, they should be prepared. They they seem to be kind of on the right track offensively, and the defense has been playing well for uh, basically since that Rams game in Week Four. So, I, yeah, I I I think I know the Vikings are going to win. But again, I haven't felt this confidence since before the Bills game, and we all know how that one turned out.
1: All right, I think that's a pretty good place to put it there. Uh, any final words, Jeremy? Or are we good?
2: Oh, we're good. I'm just, I'm ready for <laughs> Packers week. And I don't normally say that, but Yikes. I I just hate going up against this no, Vikings team. They have the Lions so, number so. every single week, at least in terms of the Lions offense. Every single week, it seems that Vikings defense just mauls Matthew Stafford. And I think this might be the worst of it this week.
1: Going to beat him. That's what I'm hearing from Jeremy. <laughs> All right. We close it there. Eric Thompson is here is has been here with us from Daily Norseman. Check out his stuff over
3: over there, Eric, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, guys.
1: All right. And that's it for us. Come again here once we release the Pride of Detroit POD cast after the game. But as for that time in between, enjoy the holidays and enjoy the game. And we'll see you star side.
3: Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show. It seems smart. It seems smart is a
2: show about people doing things that for some reason or another